Chapter 4, Part 1 of Poems of American History, Volume 5, The Period of Expansion. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Philip Gould. Poems of American History, Volume 5, The Period of Expansion, by Various. Chapter 4, Part 1. Chapter 4. The Second Assassination. On the fourth day of March, 1881, James Abram Garfield, Republican, was inaugurated President of the United States. He had served with distinction in the Civil War and afterwards in Congress, and seemed destined to enjoy a peaceful and prosperous administration. But on July the 1st, he was shot down at Washington by Charles J. Guiteau, a half-crazed, disappointed office-seeker. The President fought manfully for life, but blood poisoning developed and death followed on September 19th. Rejoice! Bear me out of the battle, for lo, I am sorely wounded. From out my deep, wide-bosomed west, where unnamed heroes hew the way for worlds to follow, with stern zest, where gnarled old maples make a ray deep-scarred from red men gone to rest, where pipes the quail, where squirrels play through tossing trees with nuts for toy, a boy steps forth, clear-eyed and tall, a bashful boy, a soulful boy, yet comely as the sons of Saul, a boy all friendless, poor, unknown, yet heir apparent to a throne. Lo, freedom's bleeding sacrifice! So like some tall oak tempest-blown beside the storied stream he lies now at the last, pale-browed and prone. A nation kneels with streaming eyes. A nation supplicates the throne. A nation holds him by the hand. A nation sobs aloud at this. The only dry eyes in the land now at the last, I think, are his. Why? We should pray, God knoweth best, that this grand, patient soul should rest. The world is round, the wheel has run full circle. Now behold a grave beneath the old love trees is done. The druid oaks slipped up and wave a solemn welcome back. The brave old maples murmur every one, receive him, earth. In center land as in the center of each heart, as in the hollow of God's hand the coffin sinks. And with it part all party hates. Now not in vain he bore his peril and hard pain. Therefore, I say, rejoice. I say the lesson of his life was much, this boy that won as in a day the world's heart utterly, a touch of tenderness and tears. The page of history grows rich from such. His name the nation's heritage. But, oh, as some sweet angel's voice spake this brave death that touched us all. Therefore, I say, rejoice, Rejoice, run high the flags, put by the pall. Lo, all is for the best, for all. Joaquin Miller The Bells at Midnight, September 19, 1881 In their dark house of cloud the three weird sisters toil till time be sped. One unwinds life, one ever weaves the shroud, one waits to part the thread. Clotho how long, O oh sister, how long ere the weary task is done? 
How long, O oh sister, how long shall the fragile thread be spun? Lachesis, tis mercy that stays her hand, else she had cut the thread. She is a woman, too, like her who kneels by his bed. Atropos, patience, the end is come, he shall no more endure. See with a single touch, my hand is swift and sure. Two angels pausing in their flight. First angel, listen. What was it fell an instant ago on my ear? A sound like the throb of a bell from yonder darkling sphere. Second angel, the planet where mortals dwell. I hear it not. Yes, I hear. How it deepens, a sound of dole. Listen, it is the knell of a passing soul. The midnight lamentation of some stricken nation for a chieftain's soul. It has just begun, the many-throated moan. Now the clangor swells as if a million bells had blent their tones in one. Accents of despair are these to mortal ear. But all this wild funereal music blown and sifted through celestial air turns to triumphant peons here. Wave upon wave the silvery anthems flow. Wave upon wave the deep vibrations roll from that dim sphere below. Come, let us go, surely some chieftain's soul. Thomas Bailey Aldrich J. A. G. Our sorrow sends its shadow round the earth, so brave, so true, a hero from his birth. The plumes of empire molt in mourning draped, the lightning's message by our tears is shaped. Life's vanities that blossom for an hour heap on his funeral car their fleeting flower. Commerce forsakes her temples, blind and dim, and pours her tardy gold to homage him. The notes of grief to age familiar grow before the sad privations all must know, but the majestic cadence which we hear today is new in either hemisphere. What crown is this, high-hung and hard to reach, whose glory so outshines our laboring speech? The crown of honor, pure and unbetrayed, he wins the spurs who bears the knightly aid. While royal babes incipient empire hold, and for bare promise grasp the scepter's gold, this man such service to his age did bring, that they who knew him servant hailed him king. In poverty his infant couch was spread, his tender hands soon wrought for daily bread, but from the cradles bound his willing feet the errand of the moment went to meet. When learning's page unfolded to his view, the quick disciple straight a teacher grew. And when the fight of freedom stirred the land, armed was his heart, and resolute his hand. Wise in the council, stalwart in the field, such rank supreme a workman's hut may yield. His onward steps like measured marbles show, climbing the height where God's great flame doth glow. Ah, rose of joy that hits a thorn so sharp! Ah, golden woof that meets to severed warp! Ah, solemn comfort that the stars rain down! The hero's garland his, the martyr's crown. Julia Ward Howe Midnight, September 19, 1881 Once in a lifetime we may see the veil tremble and lift that hides symbolic things. The spirit's vision, when the senses fail, sweeps the weird meaning that the outlook brings. Deep in the midst of turmoil it may be, a crowded street, a forum or a field, 
the soul inverts the telescope to see today's events and futures years revealed back from the present let us look at rome behold what cato meant what brutus said hark the athenians welcome simon home how clear they are those glimpses of the dead but we hard toilers we who plan and weave through common days the web of common life what word alas shall teach us to receive the mystic meaning of our peace and strife whence comes our symbol surely god must speak no less than he can make us heed or pause self-seekers we too busy or too weak to search beyond our daily lives and laws from things occult our earth-turned eyes rebel no sound of destiny can reach our ears we have no time for dreaming hark a knell a knell at midnight all the nation hears a second grievous throb the dreamers wake the merchant soul forgets his goods and ships the weary workmen from their slumbers break the women raise their eyes with quivering lips the miner rests upon his pick to hear the printer's type stops midway from the case the solemn sound has reached the roisterer's ear and brought the shame and sorrow to his face again it booms o mystic veil upraise behold tis lifted on the darkness drawn a picture lined with light the people's gaze from sea to sea beholds it till the dawn a deathbed scene a sinking sufferer lies their chosen ruler crowned with love and pride around his counsellors with streaming eyes his wife heartbroken kneeling by his side death shadow holds her it will pass too soon she weeps in silence bitterest of tears he wanders softly nature's kindest boon and as he murmurs all the country hears for him the pain is past the struggle ends his cares and honors fade his younger life in peaceful mentor comes with dear old friends his mother's arms take home his dear young wife he stands among the students tall and strong and teaches truths republican and grand he moves ah pitiful he sweeps along o'er fields of carnage leading his command he speaks to crowded faces round him surge thousands and millions of excited men he hears them cheer sees some vast light emerge is born as on a tempest then ah then the fancies fade the fever's work is past a deepening pang then recollections thrill he feels the faithful lips that kiss their last his heart beats once in answer and is still the curtain falls but hushed as if afraid the people wait tear-stained with heaving breast twill rise again they know when he is laid with freedom in the capital at rest john boyle o'reilly for two days september twenty second and twenty third the body lay in state in the rotunda of the capital then in a long train crowded with the most illustrious of his countrymen the dead president was born to cleveland ohio and buried on september twenty sixth in a beautiful cemetery overlooking the waters of lake erie at the president's grave all summer long the people knelt and listened at the sick man's door each pang which that pale sufferer felt throbbed through the land from shore to shore and as the all-dreaded hour drew nigh what breathless watching night and day what tears what prayers 
Great God on high, have we forgotten how to pray? O broken-hearted widowed one, forgive us if we press too near. Dead is our husband, father, son, for we are all one household here. And not alone here by the sea, and not in his own land alone are tears of anguish shed with thee. In this one loss the world is one. Epitaph A man not perfect, but of heart so high, of such heroic rage that even his hopes became a part of earth's eternal heritage. Richard Watson Gilder The public rage against the assassin knew no bounds. Only by the utmost vigilance was his life saved from the attacks upon it. He was brought to trial and found guilty of murder in January 1882, and was executed June 30th. ON THE DEATH OF PRESIDENT GARFIELD Fallen with autumn's falling leaf, ere yet his summer's noon was past, our friend, our guide, our trusted chief, what words can match a woe so vast? And who's the chartered claim to speak the sacred grief where all have part? where sorrow saddens every cheek and broods in every aching heart. Yet nature prompts the burning phrase that thrills the hushed and shrouded hall, the loud lament, the sorrowing praise, the silent tear that love lets fall. In loftiest verse, in lowliest rhyme, shall strive unblame the minstrel choir, the singers of the newborn time, and trembling age without worn lyre. No room for pride, no place for blame, we fling our blossoms on the grave, pale, scentless, faded, all we claim, this only, what we had, we gave. Ah, could the grief of all who mourn blend in one voice its bitterest cry, the wail to heaven's high arches borne would echo through the cavern sky. O happiest land whose peaceful choice fills with a breath its empty throne, God, speaking through thy people's voice, has made that voice, for once, his own. No angry passion shakes the state whose weary servant seeks for rest, and who could fear that scowling hate would strike at that unguarded breast? He stands, unconscious of his doom in manly strength, erect, serene. Around him summer spreads her bloom. He falls. What horror clothes the scene? How swift the sudden flash of woe, where all was bright as childhood's dream, as if from heaven's ethereal bow had leaped the lightning's arrowy gleam. Blot the foul deed from history's page. Let not the all-betraying sun blush for the day that stains an age when murder's blackest wreath was won. Pale on his couch the sufferer lies, the weary battleground of pain. Love tends his pillow. Science tries her every art, alas, in vain. The strife endures, how long, how long? Life, death seem balanced in the scale, While round his bed a viewless throng await each morrow's changing tale. In realms the desert ocean parts, What myriads watch with tear-filled eyes, His pulse-beats echoing in their hearts, His breathings counted with their sighs. Slowly the stores of life are spent, yet hope still battles with despair. Will heaven not yield when knees are bent? Answer, O thou who hearest prayer. But silent is the brazen sky. On sweeps the meteor's threatening train, unswerving nature's mute reply, bound in her adamantine chain. 
Not ours the verdict to decide whom death shall claim or skill shall save. The hero's life, though heaven denied, it gave our land a martyr's grave. Nor count the teaching vainly sent, how human hearts their griefs may share. The lesson woman's love is lent, what hope may do, what faith can bear. Farewell, the leaf-strown earth enfolds our stay, our pride, our hopes, our fears. And autumn's golden sun beholds a nation bowed, a world in tears. Oliver Wendell Holmes President Garfield Iveni dal martirio a questa pace, Paradiso, 15, 148 These words the poet heard in Paradise, uttered by one who, bravely dying here in the true faith, was living in that sphere where the celestial cross of sacrifice spread its protecting arms athwart the skies, and set thereon, like jewels crystal clear the soul's magnanimous, that knew not fear, flashed their effulgence on his dazzled eyes. Ah, me, how dark the discipline of pain were not the suffering followed by the sense of infinite rest and infinite release. This is our consolation, and again a great soul cries to us in our suspense, I came from martyrdom unto this peace. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow the hundredth anniversary of the surrender of the British at Yorktown was celebrated on October 19, 1881. The lyric for the occasion was written by Paul Hamilton Haney. Yorktown Centennial Lyric, October 19, 1881. Hark, hark down the century's long-reaching slope to those transports of triumph, those raptures of hope, the voices of Maine and of mountain combined in glad resonance borne on the wings of the wind, the bass of the drum and the trumpet that thrills through the multiplied echoes of jubilant hills. And mark how the years, melting upward like mist, which the breath of some splendid enchantment is kissed, reveal on the ocean, reveal on the shore, the proud pageant of conquest that graced them of yore, when blended forever in love is in fame, See the standard which stole from the starlight its flame, and type of all chivalry, glory, romance, the lilies, the luminous lilies of France. O oh, stubborn the strife ere the conflict was won, and the wild whirling war rack half stifled the sun, the thunders of cannon that boomed on the lee, but re-echoed far thunders pealed up from the sea, where guarding his sea-lists a night on the waves, Bold de grass kept at bay the bluff bulldogs of graves. The day turned to darkness, the night changed to fire. Still more fierce waxed the combat, more deadly the ire undimmed by the gloom in majestic advance. O oh, behold where they ride o'er the red battle-tide, those banners united in love as in fame. The brave standard, which drew from the star-beams their flame, and type of all chivalry, glory, romance. The lilies, the luminous lilies of France. No respite, no pause, by the York's tortured flood, The grim lion of England is writhing in blood. Cornwallis may chafe, and coarse Tarleton aver, As he sharpens his broadsword and buckles his spur. This blade, which so often has reaped rebels like grain, Shall now harvest for death the rude yeoman again. Vain boast, for ere sunset he's flying in fear With the rebels he scouted close, close in his rear, while the French on his flank hurl such volleys of shot that even Gloucester's redoubt must be growing too hot, thus wedded in love as united in fame.
though the standard which stole from the starlight its flame, and type of all chivalry, glory, romance, the lilies, the luminous lilies of France. O morning superb when the siege reached its close, see the sundawn outbloom like the alchemist rose, the last wreaths of smoke from dim trenches upcurled are transformed to a glory that smiles on the world. Joy, joy, save the wan wasted front of the foe, with his battle flags furled and his arms trailing low. Respect for the brave, in stern silence they yield, and in silence they pass with bowed heads from the field. Then triumph transcendent, so tightened of tone that some vowed it must startle King George on his throne. When peace to her own timed the pulse of the land, and the war-weapon sank from the war-wearied hand, young freedom upborne to the height of the goal she had yearned for so long, with deep travail of soul. A song of her future raised, thrilling and clear, till the woods leaned to hearken, the hill-slopes to hear, yet fraught with all magical grandeurs that gleam on the hero's high hope or the patriot's dream, what future, though bright, in cold shadow shall cast the proud beauty that halos the brow of the past? O wedded in love, as united in fame, see the standard which stole from the starlight its flame, and type of all chivalry, glory, romance, the lilies, the luminous lilies of France. Paul Hamilton Haney on May 24, 1883, the great bridge spanning the East River and connecting Brooklyn with New York City was open to the public, having been thirteen years in process of construction. The Brooklyn Bridge, May 24, 1883. A granite cliff on either shore, a highway poised in air, above the wheels of traffic roar, below the fleet's sail fare and in and out forevermore the surging tides of ocean pour and past the towers the white gulls soar and winds the sea clouds bear o peerless this majestic street this road that leaps the brine upon its heights twin cities meet and throng its grand incline to east to west with swiftest feet though ice may crash and billows beat though blinding fogs the waves may greet or golden summer shine Sail up the bay with morning's beam, or rocky hellgate by. Its columns rise, its cables gleam, great tents athwart the sky. And lone it looms, august, supreme, when, with the splendor of a dream, its blazing cressets gild the stream till evening shadows fly. By Nile stand proud the pyramids, but they were for the dead. The awful gloom that joy forbids, the mourners silent tread. The crypt, the coffin's stony lids, sad as a soul, the maze that thrids of dark amenti, ere it rids its way of judgment dread. This glorious arch, these climbing towers, are all for life and cheer, part of the new world's nobler dowers, hint of millennial year that comes apace. Though evil lowers, when loftier aims and larger powers will mold and deck this earth of ours, and heaven at length bring near. Unmoved its cliff shall crown the shore, its arch the chasm dare, its network hang the blue before as gossamer in air, while in and out forevermore the surging tides of ocean pour, and past its towers the white gulls soar and winds the sea clouds bear. Edna Dean Proctor Brooklyn Bridge 
no lifeless thing of iron and stone, but sentient, as her children are. Nature accepts you for her own, kin to the cataract and the star. She marks your vast sufficing plan, cable and girder, bolt and rod, and takes you from the hand of man for some new handiwork of God. You thrill through all your cords of steel, responsive to the living sun, and quickening in your nerves you feel life with its conscious currents run. Your anchorage upbears the march of time and the eternal powers. The sky admits your perfect arch. The rock respects your stable towers. Charles G. D. Roberts The first week in September, 1886, a destructive earthquake shook the eastern portion of the United States, Charleston, South Carolina, suffering a tremendous shock which snuffed out scores of lives and rendered seven-eighths of the houses unfit for habitation. Charleston, 1886. Is this the price of beauty? Fairest thou of all the cities of the sunrise sea, yet thrice thou art stricken. First war harried thee, then the dread circling tempest drove its plough right through thy palaces, and now, oh now, a sound of terror and thy children flee into the night and death. O oh, deity, thou god of war and whirlwind, whose dark brow frowning makes tremble sea and solid land, these are thy creatures who to heaven cry while hell roars neath them and its portals ope. To thee they call, to thee who bids them die, who hast forgotten to withhold thy hand, for thou, destroyer, art man's only hope. Richard Watson Gilder On September 9th and 11th, 1886, the American yacht Mayflower defeated the English yacht Galatea in the international races for the America's Cup. Mayflower Thunder our thanks to her, guns, hearts, and lips. Cheer from the ranks to her, shout from the banks to her, Mayflower, foremost and best of our ships. Mayflower, twice in the national story, thy dear name in letters of gold, woven in texture that never grows old, winning a home and winning glory. Sailing the years to us, welcome for a, cherished for centuries, dearest today. Every heart throbs for her, every flag dips. Mayflower, first and last, best of our ships. White as a seagull she swept the long passage, true as the homing bird flies with its message. Love her? Oh, richer than silk every sail of her. Trust her? More precious than gold every nail of her. Write we down faithfully every man's part in her. Greet we all gratefully every true heart in her more than a name to us, sailing the fleetest symbol of that which is purest and sweetest, more than a keel to us, steering the straightest, emblem of that which is freest and greatest, more than a dove-bosom sail to the windward, flame passing on while night-clouds fly hindward, kiss every plank of her, none shall take rank of her, frontward or weatherward none can eclipse, Thunder our thanks to her, cheer from the banks to her, Mayflower, foremost and best of our ships. John Boyle O'Reilly On October 28, 1886, Bartholdi's Statue of Liberty Enlightening the World, a gift to America from the people of France, was unveiled on Bedloe's Island in New York Harbor. Fairest of Freedom's Daughters 
Read at the dedication of the Bartholdi statue, New York Harbor, October 28, 1886. Night's diadem around thy head, the world upon thee gazing, Beneath the eye of Harrow's dead thy queenly form upraising. Lift up, lift up thy torch on high, fairest of freedom's daughters. Flash it across thine own blue sky, flash it across the waters. Stretch up to thine own woman's height thine eye lit with truth's luster, As though from God, himself a light, earth's hopes around thee cluster. The stars touch with thy forehead fair, at them thy torch was lighted, they grope to find where truth's ways are, the nations long benighted. Thou hast the van in earth's proud march, to thee all nations turning, thy torch against thine own blue arch, in answer to their yearning. Show them the pathway thou hast trod, the chains which thou hast broken, teach them thy trust in man and God the watchwords thou hast spoken. Not here is heard the alpherd's horn, the mountain stillness breaking, nor do we catch the roseate morn, the alpine summits waking. Is Necker's vale no longer fair that German hearts are leaving? Ah, German hearts from hearthstones tear in thy proud star, believing. Has Rhineland lost her grapes perfume, her waters green and golden? And do her castles no more bloom with legends rare and olden? Why leave strong men the fatherland? Why cross the cold blue ocean? Truce torch in thine uplifted hand, ha, kindles their devotion. God, home, and country be thy care, thou queen of all the ages. Belting the earth is this one prayer, unspotted be thy pages. Lift up, lift up thy torch on high, fairest of freedom's daughters. Flash it against thine own blue sky, flash it against the waters. Jeremiah Eames Rankin Liberty Enlightening the World Warden at ocean's gate, thy feet on sea and shore, Like one the skies await when time shall be no more. What splendors crown thy brow? What bright dread angel thou dazzling the waves before thy station great? My name is Liberty. From out a mighty land I face the ancient sea, I lift to God my hand. By day in heaven's light, a pillar of fire by night, At ocean's gate I stand nor bend the knee. The dark earth lay in sleep, her children crouched forlorn, Ere on the western steep I sprang to height, reborn. Then what a joyous shout the quickened lands gave out, And all the choir of morn sang anthems deep. Beneath yon firmament, the new world to the old, my sword and summons sent, my azure flag unrolled. The old world's hands renew their strength, the form ye view came from a living mold and glory blent. O ye whose broken spars tell of the storms ye met, enter, fear not the bars across your pathway set, enter at freedom's porch, for you I lift my torch, for you my coronet is rayed with stars. But ye that hither draw to desecrate my fee, Nor yet have held in awe the justice that makes free, Avaunt, ye darkling brood, By right my house hath stood, My name is Liberty, My throne is law, O wonderful and bright, Immortal freedom hail, Front in thy fiery might the midnight and the gale, Undaunted on this base, guard well thy dwelling place, 
till the last sun grow pale. Let there be light. Edmund Clarence Stedman The Bartholdi Statue, 1886 The land that from the rule of kings in freeing us itself made free, our old world sister to us brings her sculptured dream of liberty. Unlike the shapes on Egypt's sands uplifted by the toil-worn slave, on freedom's soil, with free men's hands, we rear the symbol free hands gave. O France the beautiful, to thee once more a debt of love we owe. In peace beneath thy colors three we hail a later Rochambeau. Rise, stately symbol, holding forth thy light and hope to all who sit in chains and darkness. Belt the earth with watchfires from thy torch uplit. Reveal the primal mandate still, which chaos heard and ceased to be. Trace on mid-air the eternal will and signs of fire. Let man be free. Shine far, shine free, a guiding light to reason's ways and virtue's aim, a lightning flash, the wretch to smite, who shields his license with thy name. John Greenleaf Whittier End of Chapter 4, Part 1 of Poems of American History, Volume 5, The Period of Expansion Recording by Philip Gould